My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. I'm Jamie. I'm Jeff. Sean. And Chris. And welcome to episode 12. Today we have lots to talk about in addition to discussing Shakespeare and Palamedes. And Chris is no longer in Hawaii, so let's get right to it. I'm going to pass it to Sean because we have lots of news. News. We do. We do. Well, one year ago today, really? That was November? It was yes, November. Wow. Happy anniversary, guys. Yes. Happy One year ago today, uh, went live with the teaser cast. So we're officially, I guess, a, a year old here. We turned a year old on the, on the portal. We're all, we're all sorts of, uh, aging. We're all getting old. Yeah. Especially um, you. Yeah. Especially me. Didn't you just um, have a birthday, old man? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. I, <laughs> I am, I am 1710. No. <laughs> just like Jeff is 2010. Exactly. <laughs> um, the uh, another small piece of uh, old business is the Oracle Award results are going to go up on the portal today, um, as in November 15th when this is released. Uh, the link that you know is on the portal page will bring you right to the results. So if for whatever reason you weren't able to listen to that podcast, but you're listening to this one. Go back and listen to the other one. See <laughs> all the results. But so it's it's a it's a quick glance. It's got all all the winners there and everything like that. Nice and easy to read. So that's that. We've got some big important news that uh, I'm sure you've all been worried about for the last oh, week or so. And that is this whole apprenticeship deal. What's the apprentice all about? How can I get involved? <laughs> well, you can click on any number of links that are in existence now. And because I know every single one of you were refreshing iTunes for the last couple hours or so, just waiting, waiting for this podcast to be released on the 15th here, that tomorrow, November 16th, around noon Eastern Standard Time, give or take my – slow internet connection at work will actually go live with the game the apprentice which is a flash-based web quest game as it were involving it has clues and puzzles that require solving and you're going to have to use some logic and some quick thinking and some thinking outside the box and solve some of these answers and uh the good news along with this is that for the first month or so, five weeks, I think it is. Around that, yeah. If you finish the quest before December 20th, you will be able to enter your email and be entered in for a chance to win one of four sets of books, and meaning the first three books, uh, all autographed by Michael Scott, courtesy of Random House UK. Thanks, Georgia, Random House UK. Thank you very much. 
Um, there are going to be four runner-up prizes where you will get Michael Scott autographed Flamel's Immortal Portal bookmarks as well. So there Which are, are prizes very nice, well. by the way. Very, very nice. The bookmarks came out very nice, and Michael Scott was gracious enough to sign them for us to give away to you guys for this quest. Awesome. So that is the quest. So, you know, definitely play, 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 because, you know, we worked hard on this thing. It's been in development for a few months here, so uh, we're, we're anxious for you guys to play it, and uh, good luck. It's it's really nice. I've seen it. I've played it. Um, I'm rather impressed with it. So uh, you guys should really, really enjoy it. And we hope we don't, you know, hurt your brains too much. I I, I do. <laughs> A little torture never hurt anyone. But of course, I mean, once once the quest goes goes live and all, there will be on the on the forum. There will be a thread dedicated to it where we're more than happy to help. Meaning the uh, the whole portal team will all be willing to help you out. When you get stuck, we're not just going to give you the answers, but we might push you in the right or wrong direction. Yeah, except for you can't say the whole portal team because I'm I'm just as useless as, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that hard. It's going to take me ten times the amount of time to get through it as it will anybody else. So they might want to avoid okay, just, it's, 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 it's not Chris. like any other web quest you may have played in the past. No, it is not. We'll, we'll put that disclaimer in it. It is far yeah. unlike any web quest you have played in the past. It's a class above the rest. It you is. still classically overestimate my abilities. <laughs> <laughs> some clues some clues and puzzles are significantly harder than others, and some of them will all depend on what you're good at. <laughs> yeah. Really. Again, you overestimate my abilities. <laughs> and they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh-huh. I think um, <laughs> during the uh, during the test run, I believe the first person to finish it took about six hours. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so, see, that's the problem. During the test run, I still haven't gotten past the first clue. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> so if you're listening, do not PM Chris for help. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Because all I will do is is suck you into the stuck hole I'm, I'll be in. Right there. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm sorry to disappoint that there really is no apprenticeship on the table. Not it's specifically, no. Not specifically, no. It, it it is a game. It is a. We've had people email asking if if Michael was was going to actually teach someone special things. I I really don't understand that, but <laughs> I'm not sure how you how you come across that. But um, it's not you're not going to move to Ireland and live with Michael Scott and be his apprentice or anything like that. And so. trust me, you don't want to be my apprentice. I'm a slave driver. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're just helping you develop those noodles that are up in your head. So. <laughs> or, scrambling, or scrambling them for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at it. So um, that's the uh, that's the apprentice. Uh, next up, so I guess uh, a few of you were able to uh, catch Michael on this first leg of his tour. Yes. Yes. Um, Chris, I think Chris got out. You guys first. all suck. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make his way to Boston. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that was a good accent. I haven't, gotten, haven't heard anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, you uh, you made it out to see him first. What, uh, what was that like? 
I did. It was uh, it was great. It was a, a little bookstore about an hour from where I live. Um, I was late because of work, and I got lost. Um, see, there goes that sense of direction again that will be useless in The Apprentice. But anyway, um, uh, there were about, I guess... I guess about 20 people or so between the people that came and went when all was said and done. Michael, it was great because they had this table set up for him and everything, but instead of sitting back behind it and sort of away from, from everybody, he was sitting in the chairs that they had set up for the audience with the group, answering questions, sort of prompting everyone there to ask a question or two, given the opportunity to, to answer anything he could, whether it was about the books or writing in general or you know the things that he likes and traveling and I was with being late I didn't hear any spoilerish kind of questions or anything so um can't give any tidbits away that that folks haven't seen or heard before but it was really wonderful to meet him he signed books uh for you know everybody that was there if they had multiple books he signed them all he took pictures. He was very gracious and lovely. And then actually, after everybody left, I stayed and talked with him for another 15 minutes or so. And it was, it was, you know, really nice. It was a great privilege to get to meet him. Awesome. So I guess um, I was next kind of time-wise to meet Michael uh, in Pittsburgh at a uh, Joseph Beth bookstore, which was very nice, by the way. I was rather impressed with that store and, um, you know, how they kind of set things up for him to be there. They had this huge poster in the uh, storefront window that had uh, the cover of the sorceress on it and you know, it said Michael Scott and what date he was coming and, and everything. So uh, that was really nice. And they were very accommodating um, with everything and, and with, with me being there and handing out bookmarks and all that stuff. They were very nice about all that. So, But... Yeah, he uh, is the same thing as Chris said. You know, he kind of made it almost a one-on-one thing. Um, there was twelve, fifteen people there, and um, you know, he mingled in between everyone, and you know, walked around us pretty much up and down uh, the aisles, uh, addressing people with their questions. And um, a lot of the questions from the people that were there were were writing questions, specific writing questions, you know, processes and and development of characters and, and whatnot. So very good information. So if you do get a chance to uh, to go out and see Michael at any of his uh, events, I mean, he's he's got a wealth of knowledge. I think he's got a hundred books under his belt that he that he has been published. So you can imagine how many that he's written that, that haven't been published, but he really knows really knows what he's doing, and um, it was pretty enlightening, you know, as far as writing process wise. But book story question wise, he pretty much answered every question that he could, of course, without giving away too much information. But um, extremely nice. Same as Chris said, he signed everyone's book, no matter how many of them they had there, and uh, just really, uh, really good time. Well, I guess I'm next on the list. Uh, I made my way to Chicago. I'm left on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, I made my way to Chicago to Anderson's Bookshop. Um, It was on a cute little street in Downers Grove, Illinois, and uh, it was all decorated for Halloween. All the kids had painted on the windows. But, um, yeah, uh, I came in, and I had met Tammy 
or Luna Aqua Virgo uh, from the forums, and I had met her prior to the event, and we walked in, and there standing there with her mom was Brittany in her Spartacle t-shirt, so we got to meet Brittany, and we were talking, and uh, lo and Aww, behold... you got to meet Brittany? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> and lo and behold, we're talking, and the next thing I know, Michael Scott's standing behind us, so uh, he came over and said hi, and... Uh, was chatting with us a little bit before the event, and then uh, he had some administrative business to take care of. He had a private interview with a one of the girls that was there from the local school, so he went and took care of that, and then came back out and was just sitting in the chairs talking to people, real laid back. Yeah, it was um, it was a great experience. Not too many spoilers, although I think my favorite thing was that we did hear that we would be hearing about one of Dee's old girlfriends. So I thought that was very interesting. Which which is funny that may it may actually possibly tie into a question that I asked him between two female characters that have been mentioned in passing in, in the series so far. I'm I'm wondering if one of them might be his uh his old fling. Might be something to ask him for next month's podcast. <laughs> it could be, could be. But uh yeah, so he was. He asked, answered everybody's questions. I think at one point he said, "Come on, guys, you don't have any more questions for me," you know. And then people started firing away again. We had a bunch of people that hadn't read the entire series, but still had some very, very good questions. And then uh, he signed everybody's books, like you guys said, uh, regardless of how many people had. And somebody actually had a copy of his one of his mythologies and legends books, which I'd never seen before. It was really neat. So um, got to see that, and then I presented Michael with his Oracle Award. I think Tammy posted a video of that, right? She did. I don't, did she post it on the main forum, or was it just a Facebook thing? It might have been on Facebook, but we'll have to see if we can get that on the main forum. Yeah, let's uh, let's put that on the the. Might um, be able to get it on the portal if I get the actual video. We can yeah, post let's... it right on the portal if someone doesn't have Facebook. Yeah, that, if that's an issue, we'll just post a link on the forum, the forum post for this podcast. If we can, we can post like her YouTube link in the forum so everyone can see. If if you haven't, if you're not a friend of her on Facebook, you know you can see the video. So let's do that. Let's plan for that. Sounds good. Okay. On the Oracle Award, we have a very special answering machine call. Hi, it's Michael Scott here. It's uh, the eve of Halloween. Um, so it's Samhain Eve, and just want to say two things. First of all, to thank everyone from the forum who's turned up at the signings. It's great to really put names to faces and faces to names. Thank you all so much for the Oracle Award. I have it all wrapped up, carefully wrapped up, and I'm carrying it in my hand luggage across America, and I'll take it home. So I'm so so proud and pleased to get it. And I was going to say something else to you, and I've completely forgotten, but that's because I've been travelling for so long now. I'm in Austin, Texas, for the Texas Book Festival, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting all your questions on Skype or however we do this. So I hope everyone has a safe Halloween, and uh, do be careful because there really are monsters in the dark. <laughs> cool, awesome, Very lugging cool. it across the country. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty heavy. What, you know, what, what, we're just forced to you know. check baggage now. You know, now he has to check his baggage. It doesn't meet the weight. Now he's all. <laughs> Exactly. They're going to be like, what you did? Is this? My fault. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Next up, we have the uh, the random quote. 
winner from uh, from last month, and we did it a little bit differently, as we said, uh, you know, that it wouldn't be the first one in. So, uh, you know, of all the ones that we got in, we, we randomly drew a winner, and the winner was Josh, who is Fuzzbin on the forums. He won the drawing. And uh, actually, you know, Josh, we're going to be sending you a uh, a bookmark. So if you want to email the uh, the Awakenings email uh, your mailing address or you know, wherever you want it sent to, go ahead and send that in to us, and uh, we'll get your bookmark in the mail. But the answer was actually the well, I'll redo what the quote was. The quote was, "I'm glad we didn't see what passed by." Was the quote, and that was from the Alchemist, uh, chapter nineteen, and uh, Josh actually said it, not this Josh, the Josh from the book, obviously. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because you know, Fuzzbin actually went through and, and answered Sean's random fake random quote that, that uh, you know he kind of throws in there sometimes. He'll throw in these really vague random quotes and try to mess that me. Are obviously, several times throughout the books and. Well, Josh many, many right. times. <laughs> so uh, Sean's uh, fake random quote was uh, his aura flared, and what what uh, Fuzzman had done was he went through all the books and found every location through the three books where his aura flared appeared, and it happens um, five, six, seven times across the uh, all three books, and he found them all. So, uh, yeah, you know. Extra credit for you. I was a little surprised. <laughs> I thought it would be more than that. Think, but I guess in that exact that actual phrasing, in that exact actual phrasing, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Aura Flared is in there several you more. Put times her Aura Flared. It might have popped up a few more times. Exactly. Or there yeah. Aura is Flared. <laughs> and, yeah, or just Aura is Flared. But uh, yeah, good job there, uh, Josh. And um, you'll have a a bookmark coming your way. Didn't we offer up some kind of special treat for what are we talking about? listeners? What are we talking about? If uh, if we got so many votes on Podcast Hour? <clears throat> I think we did. That's right. I'm sure we did, and I'm pretty sure that Sean was selling it <laughs> I was. It's a and oddly enough, I was the one that was plugging it the most. Y- you were. You were. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know exactly if this is such a punishment for you because I think you enjoyed it a little too much. <laughs> Like, you mean like the spotlight and everyone listening to me talk? Exactly. No, I don't like that at all. No, 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 no I can't imagine. Um, but uh, so you are what, – what are you going to do again? I am going to be doing a monologue written by William Shakespeare. It is from The Tragedy of Julius Caesar. It is from Act 3, Scene 1, and it is um, – I'll give a little intro to what it's about first and then – because we're not going to talk a little more about it afterwards. You yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's probably very there's probably a small percentage of people that are listening right now that will actually understand the whole thing. So, or stay awake through the whole thing. <laughs> no, this is an exciting one. Good. There's blood and death, and this is a good one. Awesome. And uh, so I'll give a little intro about what happened leading up to it, and then we can talk about it afterwards. Sure. Sounds good. All right. Well, this is. Uh, essentially, this is um, Antony. He is standing at Caesar's grave for the most part, um, metaphorically speaking. And uh, 
he is basically damning and condemning the world for having killed this great man that was Caesar. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, Caesar was killed by his best friend Brutus and some other politicians trying to basically just gain take the power away from him and so they claimed that he was ambitious and all this other stuff and which was all just lies that they told the people to try to cover themselves. Uh Antony sees right through it all. So he is standing at Caesar's graveside. Cool. You you want some kind of a cool intro that Jamie whips up for you? Sure, give it to me. <laughs> Pardon me, thou bleeding piece of earth, that I am meek and gentle with these butchers. Thou art the ruins of the noblest man that ever lived in the tide of times. Woe to the hand that shed this costly blood. Over thy wounds now do I prophesy, which like dumb mouths do ope their ruby lips to beg the voice and utterance of my tongue. A curse shall light upon the limbs of men. Domestic fury and fierce civil strafe shall... Cumber all the parts of Italy. Blood and destruction shall be so in use, and dreadful objects so familiar, that mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the hands of war. All pity choked with custom of fell deeds. And Caesar's spirit, ranging for revenge, with Ate by his side, come hot from hell, shall in these confines, with a monarch's voice, cry havoc! And let slip the dogs of war, that this foul deed shall smell above the earth, with carrying men, groaning for burial. Excellent. Yay. Yay. Good job. Good job. That was great. That was, oh, pardon me, thou bleeding piece of earth. Um. Good job, good job, good pick too. By the way, that, I like that. Yeah, I, I was I was trying to decide. This has always been one of my favorites. Uh, favorites, yeah. This has yeah. always been one of my favorites. The the cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war has always been one of my favorite Shakespeare lines, hands down. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I, I got I got the image of the Gabriel Hounds, you know, as, as the dogs of war. Yeah. Awesome. Which are essentially what the Gabriel Hounds are. <laughs> so, Maybe it really wasn't a metaphor. Nice segue, by the way. Uh, nice segue, uh, right? Back nice. in what like we're that? supposed to be talking about. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, All about try. it. All about it. So, the little gifts those- for uh, yeah for everyone who uh, who voted on podcast alley. Hint, hint. There may be more of that to come. Yeah. Hopefully, you still want to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you want more of that to come. I mean, this is sort of one of the things. I mean, I've done several Shakespeare's. In performance, and I haven't done this one, but Antony is on my list, so maybe someday I'll get to do it for real. Cool. But uh, for those of you who don't speak Shakespeare, just a just a quick little thing. Uh, basically, he's saying that killing Caesar was more like a bad omen, and it's just going to cause strife, and the gods are gonna revenge against the people and the land for killing this great man, and Antony's just pretty much calling it. 
as it were. Um, and Caesar's spirit's going to come back with Ate by his side, who is, I guess it depends on which one you read, but maybe we'll see him in the books. Ate might actually be a girl. I'm not really sure offhand who <laughs> Ate is. Basically, Ate is one of the uppers down in a Hades. <laughs> you don't want Ate coming for you, let alone with a upset Roman. Yeah, doesn't so, sound like fun. Uh, no. So that was your gift for, for voting 25 times. 28 to be exact. 28 nice. times. I think we've got about seven votes for November, so who knows what will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we get 25, we'll get uh, something 25? special. 25? You shoot low. <laughs> should be like 35. <laughs> yeah, we, we get 28. <laughs> you know how hard we had to work 30. if it's 28? Let's go for 30. We yep. can do 30. 30 well, votes for November, guys. 30 what votes. Are we I don't know. <laughs> well, the problem being um, everyone knows that next month is our special Q&A with so Michael. Next month, Michael Scott will be here. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may. You never know. If we get 30 votes, he just might. <laughs> we get 30 votes and he sells a million books. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we can sneak something in in that episode if it doesn't run too long. Um, but who knows? You get, we get thirty votes for November. We may uh, con Michael into doing something special for you guys. That was me yeah. reading Shakespeare. Good job. We appreciate it. Excellent. So uh, we got a few emails this month. Uh, Chris, why don't you read the first one? Love emails. Yes. Love the emails, guys. Love the emails. Yep. Um, first one from Brittany, who we all know as Spartacle. Brittany. Brittany, yep, who we've heard from before, and we love it. Keep it up. She says, hello to my favorite portal casters. First of all, I loved the last episode, one of your best yet. You guys definitely kept me laughing for longer than I would have thought possible. But the real reason I'm emailing is to correct something I've noticed before, but it really stood out to me in the last episode. You guys were talking about the lower right-hand symbol on the Magician cover briefly, and you said that it was the symbol for Mars or iron. It's actually the symbol for Mercury. I decided to email instead of calling in because I've attached pictures of the actual symbol for Mars and the symbol for Mercury. Actually, I should say that the symbol on the cover is only part of the Mercury symbol. It's only the top half, and there is normally no dot in the center or the top arrow part, but it matches the Mercury symbol much better than the Mars symbol. You can find the symbol for Mars also on the Magician cover, but it is one of the smaller alchemical. Oh, okay. Alchemical. There we go. That one. (laughs) (laughs) Symbols on the edge on the left side, fourth from the bottom. So my comment here, not not Brittany's, clearly uh, having a book in front of you would would be helpful here. Uh, Back to Brittany now. She says, now, this doesn't totally screw things up. I did a bit of research a while back and found out that the symbol can sometimes be attributed to a serpent or snake. Lucy from the forum and I briefly discussed this, and we think the best two choices for what the symbol represents are Machiavelli, his order, and Nidhogg. Just thought I'd let you guys know, and you can post the pictures up on the forum if you so desire. Sincerely, Brittany. Oh, Brittany. I hate to slam you so bad. really do dislike it, but you are wrong. But you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> you are wrong. You could just wrong. be nice about it, Jeff, because you got it wrong, too, <laughs> if I do so, Nicole. I 
That is why I get to pass it on because I had spent days, literally days, researching the covers way back episode – what we got, episode four is the covers episode. And um, I would like to mention that at my uh, event that I went to that Michael was at, he specifically mentioned this covers episode, and he put over the whole podcast as – how well we had researched the covers and that he had even himself learned some about the covers, which is funny considering he designed them, that he hadn't even picked up on, which is is, is pretty cool and a good, uh, nice little nod to us and uh, a very much appreciated comment that he made. But I kind of took the upon myself to kind of go through and try to find out all what the symbols were on the covers that we had and, and what they all meant and stuff. And the last one I came to was this symbol in question, and whatever reason, I flubbed it, didn't look it up well or, or whatever. And uh, so I, I asked Michael what the symbol meant, and you know he kind of mocked me. A little bit for it being for me, you know, looking up all the other things and getting you know most of the other ones right, and then something so simple as that symbol I missed. But it isn't, in, in fact, confirmed by Michael. That is the symbol for Mars. And Jamie, do we have that? Clip? I actually have both clips. If you'd like to hear the one where Jeff, the the one we played, I guess from episode four, I can play that, or we can just play the one where Michael confirms that I actually had to cut from that episode. Unfortunately, now I'm kind of regretting uh, you, that I cut it. But you graciously did that for me, and I thank <laughs> you very much for saving me that humiliation after all of the research that I had put in and missed that very simple uh, <laughs> symbol. But yes, I will. I will take the humiliation, and you can play the edited clip from episode four. You guys didn't hear this one before, but this is how it actually happened. Right, Rune and, and uh, the magician. Magician, bottom right. Yeah. What is that? Well, no, come on. You've done That's your research. That's Mars. You know. Yeah. What is it? Mars. Come on, say it again. Yes. Mars. Mars. Okay. Yeah. Guys, come on. You're going to ask now. I could not find that. Well, you didn't I mean, come I to the right person. <laughs> I apparently, I didn't. Sorry about that. <laughs> come on, I know all the space symbols. The ghosts have the power. <laughs> No, I'm telling you, we used all those shorthands in, like, half my classes for aerospace stuff. So there you have it. That was it. That was my humiliation. Uh, it is Mars, just confirmed for you. So sorry, Brittany, but... But I, I will note in her defense that a lot of these symbols have bits and pieces of different... Well, I guess the best way to put it is some of the symbols look very similar and contain parts that are in other symbols. I mean, an another kind of helpful point is, you know, symbology is symbology. Stuff doesn't almost look like other stuff. For example, I mean, just the part where she's, you know, it's the top half. There's normally no dot in the center or no top arrow part. So it's not the Mercury symbol. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. It's just, it's, it's more when, when it comes to symbology and, and things of that nature, a symbol means what it means. Yes, but there are many different so if, versions if it, if it of the like, same symbol too, so that makes it confusing. Yes, yes, yes. But it's it's more you know it looks like the Mercury symbol, but it has this 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 and this added onto it. Yeah. 
Right. So it's no longer the Mercury symbol. It's, so it's, it's kind of what I'm getting at. Brass tacks, it's Mars. I was wrong back then. Brittany, you're wrong now. So <laughs> there you go. And, <laughs> and the boys are not laughing at you. No, because I get to, to give it out because I got laughed at from Michael himself. So there we go. <laughs> Jeff, we did laugh at. We're not laughing at Brittany. Yes. Yes. Good, good, uh, good thinking, though. You guys, you know, you are using your heads and you're trying to feel free to call us out anytime. Oh, you want. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're wrong on something, which obviously it would be me, <laughs> no. but if someone else on the podcast is wrong on something, you know, and you you know, think you have the right answer, let us know. We'll correct ourselves. We, uh, we don't have any problems doing that. All right. And the next email we got is from uh Emily, a frequent contact of the show, Warrior Scatic 17, Scatalk 17. Sorry, Jeff. You're, you're welcome. Jeff, our resident pronunciator. All right. She says, hi, guys. Uh, big thank you for the Necromancer podcast. It was truly great, and you're keeping up the fun level perfectly. Again, I had a hard time keeping myself from laughing more than once. I also hope that Chris had a great trip to Hawaii, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who missed her in the podcast, though. Rachel did a perfect And I job. think Chris might have gone back to Hawaii because I think we lost her. I, yeah, we lost her. We just uh, lost well, her. I want her for dog ate her computer cord. I, or the you know, dog yeah. attacked her. <laughs> if, if you can make it back, hopefully she, she can get back. But we'll, we'll power through. So um, if you guys don't hear from Chris anymore for the rest of the show, we've lost her. Oh, well. Back to the email. Yeah, back to the email here. Okay. Uh, I really like your new solution to the random quote contest. I'll be sure to send in my guest later. When you talk about the Necromancer cover and the three spirals, my thoughts first flew to Hecate. As, as you say, it's related to the three mother goddesses, the three faces of the moon, and so on. And as we know, Hecate changes between these three main phases. And when her shadow realm was destroyed, she didn't really die herself. Dee's got some ice pieces with her spirit in them, right? Or something like that. But as you also say, it could as well be linked to the Morrigan. And your theory about King Arthur not being dead or that he never really dies doesn't really hold, I think. When we first meet Clarence, Nicholas says this is the sword Mordred used to kill his uncle King Arthur. I would think that is enough proof of Arthur to be dead, but it is, an it is an interesting theory no matter what. I've been away from the forum for some time, so I don't really understand the Hebdomad talk. Have you posted some about it on the forum, or am I, or am I the slow one here? A big happy birthday wishes for Sean. Unfortunately, I can't call you guys and sing a Danish birthday song this time since I'm sick at the moment, and therefore my voice wouldn't make much sense to you. But I'm sending happy birthday thoughts to Sean anyway. I've, of course, voted for you on the podcast daily as always, and really hope there will be more than 25 votes this month. It would be fun to hear some Shakespeare act reciting. And a quick question. How would you guys pronounce Scatalk? Huh. How's that? That's, that's interesting enough timing right there. Um, exactly. <laughs> is there a right way to say it? I've been wondering about that for some time. Looking forward to the next episode, Emily. Yeah, talk. I was going to say her form name is Scatalk, and she's wondering how to pronounce it. I, I think we have said it more than en enough times on, 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 on the podcast. One of the way to pronounce it is Scatty. <laughs> Scat. That's the easiest way for anyone having trouble. It's Scatty. As Sean said, it's 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 Scatalk. Just like that. Scatalk. Or any way I pronounce it is correct, according to Mr. Michael Scott, and, who signed my magician that way. Thank you very much. <laughs> he signed my magician saying that any way I pronounce things is correct. That you do? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, the the Hebdomad talk that uh, you're referring to that we talked about in the last episode um, is 
is from the forum. Um, if you'll notice, there are three owners of the Head to Med title. Uh, that would be Michael Scott, Zephyr, and Hitman JLS, or myself. So that's what the uh, that's what the head to mat is. All right. So the uh, King Arthur thing, I can address this. I, I I'm kind of forerunner of of this thing here. The sword. This is the sword Mordred used to kill his uncle King Arthur. Yes, Nicholas did say that. And then in the Sorceress, Carnuno says. It wasn't Mordred. It was me who did it. So now we've got two different people staking claims to the kill, and I was more basing it on not only you know we have conflicting stories, and we also have the fact that in the actual mythology, it never really – I mean there's several versions of the mythology, but it never really says he dies. Um, he's wounded, and he's taken to Avalon right. to – so you know, in that, an Avalon was essentially heaven, as, as as you would. So he was taken to Avalon to heal or to die. And did Kernunos actually say that, or, or are we talking about? Are you talking about his the the vision? No, that we had. I believe Kernunos actually says, "Okay, Mordred didn't kill him. I did." Uh, okay. Well, it may not be the exact quote, but it's something right, right, something okay. similar to that. And then there is the flashback that we see when Josh grabs Clarence. Right, but in, you know, you see, as you and all you're seeing is Palamedes witnessing someone in gold armor get killed by Kernunos. Exactly. We've never heard anything that said Arthur had gold armor. No, for one, it's just someone who oh, had Excalibur, which you know could have been before Arthur's time or I, after. I wouldn't be Arthur's surprised time. if Arthur did have gold armor and a gold aura. That wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, it's, possible. it's completely possible just, that it was him, but with Palamides no coming in, with Palamides coming in and being such, I mean, he's obviously loyal to Germain. You've got Shakespeare, who's loyal to Palamides. Obviously, they seem the three of them, in my mind, are connected. I would agree with that. But we can get into that in the actual yep. discussion. We'll we'll save that sure. for the meat yeah. of the podcast here. We're we're running long already. We got uh, one more email from, uh, I think this is a, a new person that we have not heard from before, so thank you for the email. Keep emailing. Yes, and keep, keep emailing. Um, it says, hey, I recently read that after William Shakespeare got married, he disappears from records for seven years and then turns up in London in 1592 as a playwright. A lot could be explained in those seven years, such as his training, etc., by the way, I love your podcasts and can't wait every month for the new one. I'll go vote for you now. Sarah, I'm guessing from Ireland and known as Dragon Slayer on the forums. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for helping to force me to reach Ace Bear. <laughs> exactly. Um, and as far as, um, I guess if you want to call it real world, Shakespeare myth is, I mean, there there is discussion on whether or not there are arguments for or against Shakespeare even existing. There are people who believe there's no way one man could have written as much as he did, et cetera, et cetera. Some people think it's actually a group of people right. that created this William Shakespeare character. It's a pen name for multiple people kind yes. of thing. Sir Francis Drake is a name that's tossed out an awful lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Bacon is a name that's tossed out an awful lot. Now that's Francis Steve. Bacon, not not it's Roger Bacon. Yeah, Francis Bacon, um, Francis Bacon, Francis Drake, and they're all all these Francis's. 
me which personally, is tied, which is tied to D as yes. well. Yes, me personally, I, I believe I'd like to believe Shakespeare existed as a real person. Sure. But anyways, based on this, his disappears from records for seven years and then turns up in London as a playwright. That's one of the things that people say that the actual William Shakespeare died, and they just took his name, identity theft, essentially, to right. create the fake, this fake playwright. Huh. Um, now, what was what was before and after? Well, there was nothing. He didn't write anything after before that. Well, that's why it, it's depends on how you want to look at the dating and stuff. It, this is just the seven year lapse in records is just one of the things that the non believers in Shakespeare toss out as a. Well, it's, it's easy for us to to solve. I mean, that was his his time getting <laughs> awakened. <laughs> uh, I throw out some some real a perfect character. I just figured I'd throw out some real Shakespeare lore. Sure. Yeah. Just, just well, and we know you know mysteries and people's history. You know, seven year lapses are just the kind of thing that Michael loves to play with. So, certain alchemists not being in their graves when they're in when they're exactly. dug up. So. Sure. <laughs> It's so a perfect loophole, so thank you for bringing that to our attention. So let's get into the uh, poll and QRM result. Poll, we had a winner. Um, 67% of the votes were his imagination. Is what, what was the is question? Your favorite yeah. aspect Shocker of there. Um, I had his cooking, his <laughs> imagination, his writing, or his smell. I'm telling you guys, I, I, how, how much was his smell? Because come on. Somebody voted. Really? And his writing was that his cooking. People appreciate his cooking more than his writing. I, <laughs> well, clearly people ha- that, people listen to that ad for awesome. Shakespeare's kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that is true. His kitchen, his kitchen ad really made my mouth water. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but I mean, obviously, yeah, his, his imagination. Sure. Uh, well, you know, you can kind of tie his imagination and his writing together because. You know, obviously it takes imagination. This poll was rigged for one result only. I blame Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Well, it was more I figured from the the, the books and things. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to say anything bad here, but we have a lot of the members of the forum and that listen to this podcast are younger, probably haven't read much Shakespeare. Right. As far as the books are concerned, it's all about his imagination. Sure. So, I mean, that was going to be the obvious winner. But. Or a smell. Or a smell. He just smells I mean, such I, so I, darn I good. <laughs> it's just the way he's described as smelling. Is, is every awesome. time I love, I, I got to say, I cracked up every single time he was introduced. And in every single introduce, introduction sentence of him, when he walked in the room, when he entered the scene, there was some line about his odor. <laughs> and that just, I, I laughed every time. His odor. His Lacy gently walking <laughs> over. <laughs> it's curtains for you. <clears throat> it's curtains for you, Shakespeare. See gently walking. And moving on to. And now Doctor Horrible references are out of the way. Yes. Um, um, was how do you think Pally, which is Palamedes, by the way. Got the ability to travel between shadow realms freely. Yeah, we we got several yes. several responses here, didn't? We? Yeah, a bunch of responses. Yes, I'll take the first one. Uh, was from one of our forum staffers, Roxy from Canada, and she said, "Personally, I think it's a curse. He must have done something wrong or bad, 
and the only way to amend what he did is to serve someone by saving Humani in Shadow Realms. We know he is neutral, hasn't picked a side, like he states in Book 3. So what if he was on the, quote, bad side? Maybe he doesn't like saving Humani, but because he helps Humani, it makes him look like he is on the, quote, good side. The fact also that Jermaine contacted him to pick up Flamel, even though he points out that he does not agree with how Flamel is doing things, makes me wonder if Hallie isn't serving Jermaine. P.S. I'm still waiting for my oracle. Well, you're going to have to talk to Jeff on that one. I think he might have walked off with well, it. Well, I, I, I think Jamie's in charge of getting those made, so <laughs> talk to her. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Michael's the only one that actually gets a physical one, so... Our next uh, email comes from Fuzzbin from New York, and his response is, it was granted by his elder, which... Or an elder. An elder. Well, I would assume... We don't know how he's immortal. No, we don't. Which I'll get into with the whole King Arthur, Jermaine, Shakespeare thing. You were chomping at the bit at that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am. Ready? That's my... That's my big one, you know. If, we'll just if I'm a, wrong, Jamie, I'm going to go down in flames. But if Jamie, I'm right... We're just going to put this on, on cruise control. <laughs> Me and you can just go and do something and let Sean just have his, have his mic time. Just, I, you know, I think we might podcast. have to. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, next one comes from uh, Sean, a.k.a. Aquos, a, a freak, another frequenter of the uh, podcast here from Concord, California. I think he has it naturally just because. I don't feel like that ability could be gained. Okay. Was maybe something kind of thing. Could be something along the lines of a maybe he's the uh 32nd son of a 32nd son <laughs> 30 that That's a lot of kids. To, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the middle ages. It was. All right. <laughs> um, All right. Our uh, next response is from KDV from Putnam Valley, New York. And her response is, I believe that being able to travel through the Shadow Realms freely is something you are bored with, and also you have to gain the trust and knowledge. It really also depends on if he is sneaky about it or is friends with people living there. November 13th really is my birthday, and I was really happy to know that you read my response before. So uh, I guess this will be a couple of days late, but happy birthday, Katie. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Katie V. So and that goes along the same that's line. Another thing, yeah, another thing. A lot of people think that you know it's something that he was he was born with. So mm-hmm. he just can. He, he he can just do it. Maybe he's got a black aura. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I brought that up last week. Anyway, <laughs> hold on to that comment. Um, Ian from uh, Wareham, Massachusetts. Wareham. dot com. Um. Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, Massachusetts. <laughs> and his response was, he was gifted by an elder of balance and made Pally promise to never side in a fight unless he was dedicated to the cause fully. I guess when he says he was gifted by an elder of balance, is, I don't know if he means his immortality or it was but his ability. The question ability. was about his ability. So. Yeah, but... I can't see – here's the thing with that. I, I, I would see, assume that would be the same elder that would gift immortality because like, I, can't, I can't see one elder gift giving him this gift, another elder giving him this gift because then the mm-hmm. two elders kind of cross in there like, no, that's my guy. That's my guy. You know, I, I don't know about that, but that just kind of seemed funny to me. But elder of balance, I guess a 
mutual kind of neither side neutral side person. I guess we would consider Hecate kind of neutral, but when push comes to shove, she kind of went Humani. If we're looking for what would be considered a neutral elder before. Which another brings up another interesting thing. Had Hecate granted anyone immortality? I don't know. And now are they and when free? She, and when she died, they, they, they're free and clear with it. It's possible. Just thinking. All right. Our, our next QOM response came from another uh, we hear from Emily, Warrior Scatty 17 uh, from Denmark. Maybe he once did something to save or help some of the elders, and therefore they, as a gift, gave him the possibility to travel between Shadow Realms freely, or something along that line. Now, see, this is kind of – I'm seeing like an interesting thing. For example, Roxy said that it was a curse, that he's forced into being into doing it. And other people are saying he was it was a gift. <laughs> right. He was gifted this. So, I mean, that's kind of an interesting, you know, two different ways of looking at it. Is it a gift or is it a curse? I think it depends on your perspective. Right. I think it's one of those situations. Or, well, it you depends, know, it depends on yes. Palamedes' perspective. Well, yeah, and you know, if it's a gift or if it's uh, cursed to him, or you know, just if he's born with it and he can just do it. He didn't seem to me like when he was explaining that's what he does. You know, he goes and retrieves humani that are are trapped in uh, in shadow realms. He he didn't really seem like. He despised it, or he it seemed to care. No, he seemed rather. I thought he seemed rather matter of fact. Yeah, rather matter yeah. of fact. He, it almost seemed like he um, enjoyed having the ability to help people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he kind of that was kind of not something he was charged with, but something that he took upon himself to rescue these humani that have been. He uh, figured since I can travel between sure, shadow realms, I've found out that I can do this. One of the things that kind of confused me with the whole thing. Um, well, you know, we've got one more QOM. Yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and get let's go ahead and get this last one out of the way. Uh, this last QOM is from Sam. The location of is the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm wondering if that's right near the Pleistocene epoch. But uh, they said uh, maybe this ability ties to where he got his immortality from. Maybe the elder or whoever whoever it was also gave him special abilities along with the gift of immortality. Well, that kind of makes a lot of sense because if we look at when Josh was awakened by Mars, you know, he gifted him with with something. You know, obviously we assume you know the the military mind or the strategist mind is what he gifted him with. Could be something along the same lines. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, so um, that's a that's a uh, obviously a possibility. I assume that if it was a gift, it is a gift that it came from the same elder that gifted him immortality. I, I just assume. Yes, that. I would agree. So if it's not a born trait or something that comes along with his aura, time to jump in, Sean. <laughs> something that comes along with his aura. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's from the same uh, elder that um, that gave you immortality. Is is kind of my thought about that. But now into the. Uh, Meat and potatoes. All right, so discussion topics. We've got Palamedes and Shakespeare today. And the first, the big uh, elephant in the room, as it were, are immortal with no known elder. And we don't know about any potions either. So, you know, that uh, bit interesting. And we know one other person like that. We've got uh, our dear friend St. Germain as well, who obviously has a connection to Palamedes, and uh, what appears to be a pretty strong one. Yes. Palamedes seems to uh, be at 
Jermaine's call. I mean, Jermaine called him, told him what to do, and he did it. And Shakespeare most certainly seems to be right alongside Palamedes and vice versa. They seem to be quite close. And that's where my my theory kind of started to stem from. And it's I think I'm kind of hanging on to it because I really like it to be true. And that's where Arthur is, in fact, not dead. And that Palamedes, Shakespeare, and Germain are the new knights of the round table. Just the three of them? Oh, they're very well, could be more. But who we know now, maybe perhaps Joan could be involved. Right. It's possible. It depends on if they're doing the whole men or knights thing. So I've got the theory that Palamedes, Shakespeare, and Germain are the new or current or however you want to look at it, Knights of the Round Table, all under King Arthur. That's my big theory I'd like to stick with. Right. In in the whole mythology thing, is there is there a certain number to the knights? No. Um, there's not no, not a certain quantity. No, there's not a certain number of seats at the round table. Okay. Um, there was the Knights of the Round Table were the kind of inner sanctum of the knights, but there were many Knights of Camelot. The Saracen Knights have to do with the round table. Um, Saracen, they, they, they don't. Uh, Saracen is... Um, um, so they don't have any kind of tie-in to the Knights of the Round Table? Palamedes is just, Sar- is just a Saracen Knight. They're Knights from Syria. The Arabian Knights are Saracen Knights. Okay, okay. Um, it's just, it's it's they're from Syria. They're a group of Knights. So, it's so just when because they're from there. Them, when they talk about them in the books, that's what they're referring to? Yeah, just knights that are from Syria, essentially. Okay. It's a group of knights. It's the higher-end knights from Syria. Okay. There's really – there is no connection really to the Knights of the Round Table. Well, except, maybe except they for, are. Ex- with Palamedes. Except for Palamedes. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's- it very well – it could be one of those things where Palamedes was like, hey, you know, we had these upper echelon knights. Hey, Arthur, maybe you should have them. Right. But also, Palamedes joined the already existing Knights of the Round Table. Right, correct. So, and he was the Black Knight. And because he has a black aura. And because he has <laughs> a black so you think. armor. Because <laughs> he has black armor. <laughs> we'll go into that. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> no. That's my other, that's my other uh, torch that I'm carrying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like your your Knights of the Round Table theory. Now, whether Arthur is alive or not, I think either way, that is a possibility. It could be something that Arthur started, and maybe he is the guy that they saw in the vision that died, but something that Palamedes carried on, and maybe that's why Shakespeare is so loyal to him. I don't or know maybe that. there is another, maybe there was someone above Arthur. Maybe the el- Maybe there's an elder. Yes. That is actually controlling the Knights of the Round Table. Just possible, like a you know complete pro-humani um, elder, um, sure. similar to what Mars was before the whole little change. Yeah, sure. The other thing that kind of keeps me carrying this is uh, tweeted Michael um, directly and said, "All right, so just tell me straight up, am, am I completely off base?" With my whole Arthur Knights of the Round Table, Palamedes, Jermaine, Shakespeare thing. And he said, not completely. Well, so it means I'm, I'm on some sort of right <laughs> track. Yeah, but... You could be on the far end of that track. <laughs> yeah, you could be way... I mean, just, just as, as cryptic as he is. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That could mean absolutely anything. But it's it, it was more, you know, at least I got some sort of uh, gratification from it. And you know what? He didn't never really acknowledge it on the forums, which makes me wonder, maybe I am dead on. And he doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I find it hard to believe. Well, I think we will hear about Arthur, but I'm not sure. He might be too big of a historical character to see in the series. Well, he's not a historical character. Well, mythological. <laughs> I mean, Excuse you mean, you mean Samel, we've got... You mean as far as well-known. I'm, I'm just I'm talking not, about, like, he's... Like yeah. If it wasn't for Harry Potter, would you have any idea who Nicholas Flamel was? I mean, yeah, you may have heard of him um, in history class in seventh grade, but seriously, John D. Did you hear about? Did anyone know John D? I mean, you know, obviously. Okay, there we go. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, Machiavelli. Those are the two. You know, Saint Germain. You're like who? So, um, Joan Joan of Arc. I put Joan of Arc above Arthur. I wouldn't. Is but as far as Um, being too historical of a character. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Because you'll know. hear about Joan of Arc uh, school-wise before you would hear about Arthur. That's true. So. But, I don't know. Maybe it, his story is really well-known, so I, I'm not sure how much there is for Michael to grab onto and manipulate. But, you know, he, he does, like just as Sean pointed out earlier with the whole um, being taken to Avalon and you know never never buried, never you know anything like that. So there's never a count in his story of him actually dying um you know they do say you know the sword that that killed uh king arthur and yeah and all that but um yeah there's definite you know, arthur the, the references thing about yeah but the interesting thing that has always kind of puzzled me is the fact that scatty says that she regretted putting arthur on the throne or helping him to get to the throne and it's always really kind of confused me yeah why does she think that was a bad idea? I mean, what happened um, that we're not we haven't heard about yet that um, would make her say that? Exactly, and you know, did somebody come along later and quote unquote correct him being put onto the throne by either killing him or removing him from the throne or whatever? So right. So and you know, you know, Michael could come in and try to redo the whole mythology of it and maybe the the knight in the gold armor that had Excalibur was Arthur and Mordred didn't kill Arthur, it was Cernunos. Sure. You never know. Um maybe Cernunos is I'm Mordred. Leaning more, I'm leaning more to nah, because we know he's a well, I don't know. That was a Arthur, long shot, sorry. Arthur could be an, an Archon is what you're saying. And they're technically Kernunos being an Archon brother thing. Well, Mordred was Arthur's illegitimate kid. But you know, now, now, now we're pushing to a different <laughs> mythology. Yeah. But as far as the these three characters here, Palamides, Shakespeare, and Germain, I mean, they're all definitely related. It may not be as in order of the Knights of the Round Table, but they're in they're they're in some kind of order. They're in cahoots. Here. And I'm holding the torch for the whole Knights of the Round Table thing, because in my mind, that'd be kind of cool. Right? I, I think so, too. Yeah, it would be cool. I would like that. So, historically, we've kind of covered both Palamedes and Shakespeare. Not really Palamedes, because, you know, what what do we have on him? You know, I mean, we've got the stories of the the character name Palamedes is also in... Tristan and Isolde. Yes, the... 
uh, was it the the Odyssey or the Iliad that that we that we were looking at, Sean? That one day, it was the Odyssey. Palamedes was the guy who won the archery contest, as it were, to marry Odysseus's wife. Then Odysseus came back and he made it look like Palamedes stole gold, so Palamedes was sentenced to death. Something like that. Odysseus um, had Palamedes killed, essentially. I don't think it's related. It's probably not. I just thought it was interesting that the character Palamedes shows up in um, one of Homer's plays, yeah. things. Since Menelaus's wedding, Odysseus had married Penelope and Philotus' son, Telemachus. In order to avoid the war, he feigned madness and sowed his fields with salt. Palamedes outwitted him by placing his infant son in front of the plow's path, and Odysseus turned aside, unwilling to kill his son, so revealing his sanity and forcing him to join the war. That's it. Um, Odysseus had never forgiven Palamedes for threatening the life of his son. In revenge, Odysseus conceived a plot where an incriminating letter was forged from Priam to Palamedes, and gold was planted in Palamedes' quarters. The letter and gold were discovered, and Agamemnon had Palamedes stoned to death for his treason. That's it. That's what I found. I couldn't. I couldn't find it again. Thank you, Sean. So there's, you know, there's there's a couple different mythologies on the character name of Palamedes. Whether that's relevant to, you know, the uh, this Palamedes. I mean, I, if I, I don't know. If not, with the whole, if you take out the whole stoning to death thing, this says that Palamedes is way older than Arthur. I mean, this is Trojan War. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we knew he was older. Well, I know, but I mean, this is saying. We don't know how older, but if this is but if Palamedes is, from the if this has yeah exactly it is this, this has is kind of, ancient yeah I if mean, this has any kind of tie in this story has any kind of tie in book wise I mean look at all the characters that that opens up I would love to see Achilles yeah for for people like that I mean yeah. you know here's the kind of thing about that is we've also heard the little uh, tidbit from uh, Machiavelli's elder with the uh, Spartan marching music being played in the back background of, mm-hmm. uh, of of one of his phone calls. So you know, obviously there is some some form of uh, of, of that era mm-hmm. in in the book series. So very well, Palamedes could have came from that time. Sure. That would make things very interesting. Yeah. That would make him what? Almost as old as Gilgamesh, then? No, no. I wouldn't put him. That wouldn't make him ten thousand years old. Not, yeah, it wouldn't be ten thousand years. It'd be thousands, thousands. But, yeah, but not ten thousand. Well, they're probably putting uh, him. Let me see if close. I can find offhand. I'm not sure. Let me see if I can figure out. Because if you think, I mean, when the Odyssey takes place, you know. I mean, it would make him close by comparison. So possibly one of the second or close to oldest elders it, it's it's possible or not elders um, immortals the thing the thing about the age of gilgamesh which i thought interesting was uh we've got the little tidbit from michael uh from the necromancer where Efa is saying that she is twelve thousand years old and that her and scatty are twins yeah was it twelve thousand okay but we know that Gilgamesh was at Danatalus, and we're certain, since Scatty is second generation, that she was born after the fall of Danatalus. Somebody's lying. So Gilgamesh would have to be older than Scatty. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. But that's an a awful whole lot other of, tangent. <laughs> it is an awful lot of lying going on, as it were. 
Yeah. So um, age wise, we're talking a couple thousand years for Palamedes if he is tied to uh, to the the Odyssey kind of mythology. On a just a quick quick search, I'm not really seeing anything as far as when they believe the when the Trojan War took place. It's definitely most. A, they it, it it's linked to somewhere between the 12th and 11th centuries BC. Really? So, yeah, that's like 12,000 years old. That's like 12,000 years ago. Right, 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 right. I'm sorry. I just say I'm in I'm, I'm in BC. I'm sorry. Yes, you're correct. So I mean the you know the 11th, 12th century BC. You know that's that's 12,000 years ago. So either Palamedes is really really old, or the whole Odyssey thing is being disregarded in this respect. Right. It's possible. So but we do know he was around for longer than. Our- I, I just I just actually accidentally stumbled uh, across his name when when researching some stuff on Machiavelli's Elder. And uh, you know, with the Spartan music, I was I was over in the, the Odyssey and the Iliad and, and all that, and uh, came across Ptolemy's name. So I actually got there by accident, but nevertheless, that is a character name in uh, in that series. So, how do you guys? Uh, we kind of talked about how he knows Jermaine, um, you know, with the Knights of the Round Table thing. Sean, you wanna you wanna hit on his uh, <laughs> his black armor? Sure. I mean, I kind of touched on it last month, too, but just in case there are some new listeners out there, I'll go over it briefly here. The auric armor that gets created, we've seen it on several people. Joan, she has silver aura, she makes silver armor. Sophie makes silver armor. It's mentioned that Shakespeare makes yellow armor. It's mentioned that Palamedes makes black armor. His auric armor is black, but his aura is olive green. Everyone else's armor seems to match their aura. Um, I know he was called the, the the Black Knight because he had wore black armor, but the yeah, answer yeah. could be just as simple as he can control it, which is fine. I right. will. I'll be more it's than possible. happy to accept that answer. I'm just. I have the question. I'm planning on posing this question next month to Michael, and like I said, if if the answer is he's able to control the color, that's fine. It's just one of those things that kind of irked me when I first read it, it just kind of was like, well, wait a minute, why is he so different? On the forums recently, just this this past week, people were posting about it in, in contrast to what I was saying, and they brought up how at one point Shakespeare was seen wearing modern police armor. It doesn't say what color it is. Granted, modern police armor you'd expect but, to be navy but blue does or it, black. It doesn't say it's auric. He's it just doesn't wearing, say it's auric. He could just have it on because yeah. at the um, – at the uh, junkyard battle, they have physical or, uh, armor on. It's not their auric armor. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it never said that was auric. The only time it mentioned his auric armor, it specifically said it was turned into a yellow armor. Yes. Um, and he has a yellow aura. And it smelled really bad. <laughs> and it smelled really bad. <laughs> but when Palamedes' aura turns into armor, it's black. And it's one of those things where, okay, we see, you know, when, when you, it's kind of like when you discuss the gold ores, you discuss the silver ores. It's silver and gold. When you discuss the black ores, I think you almost have to relate them to the white. When you, you, you know, there's a lot of this opposite stuff going on. Sun, sure. day, night, all this other stuff. Perry, Perry and Pally, you know, maybe that's another tie. But <laughs> Perry can mask her white aura. She can layer it. She can paint over it to protect herself from the ghosts. Sure. Granted, it would be a lot harder to cover a black aura 
But maybe that's why it's a dark olive green. He did all he could. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you get a good primer, a couple coats of primer, you know, you can usually cover a dark <laughs> it's olive. Not paint. <laughs> so, but so, I mean, so that's that's my like, you know, maybe yeah. he's masking, maybe the fact that when it's black, maybe he shines like a beacon for what, not, well, maybe okay, not for ghosts, maybe for other things, and maybe the black. Exactly. What would his what would a black aura attract if if Michael has confirmed that the white aura attracts ghosts because of like the whole beacon. white white light thing? Mm-hmm. What would the black aura attract? Maybe it repels. You know, I'm I'm not even going to begin to think, speculate what the black aura can well, do. It's well, possible it attracts death and think about it like this. I mean, you know, we've never seen like evil ghosts or poltergeists or anything like come to Scatty so. Maybe they're drawn to the blackness. Uh, you know, cause all the ghosts, all the ghosts that Perry has seen, you know, that we've seen are you know pretty mellow, nice, mm-hmm. not evil. They're helpful. Yeah, and you know, uh, Juan Manuel de Ayala um, turned into a poltergeist, but he did that to he, help. He did that to help, and then so, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm not even going to begin to speculate what. My, my thing with the black aura is that it's re- is somehow related to or has something to do with death, specifically people with black auras. And that brings me to the other thing is maybe his aura is what allows him to travel in between the shadow realms. Yeah. But see, that that's where my other question comes into play. He can travel freely in and out of shadow realms. Nick and the twins and Scatty all did that in the first book. They went to the Yggdrasil with no issues whatsoever. They walked. I think they, he said they were, all shadow realms. I think is the distinction. Like I don't think and, and they, they can they go invited. into every shadow realm. Yeah, they were invited. Nick, uh, you know, he talked to Hecate yeah, on the this phone. This is true. So she knew they were coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, obviously, so, Scaddy was trapped in one. So yes, at one point, well, and we know there was the. Was that the Torque Alta were outside the Shadow Realm waiting, guarding it? Guarding it. So, had yeah. she not known they were coming, they probably would have attacked. Would attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could argue with that. So maybe that maybe he isn't invited into Shadow Realms, but he can get to them through through the doors freely. Well, maybe whether... that's the other thing with the Black Aura. If a White Aura makes you shine like a beacon, maybe Palamedes is invisible. He's kind of blacked out. Yeah. Now, but now that he's masked himself with green, he is visible now. Where if when Perry paints over her white aura, she makes herself invisible to the ghosts. Palmer paints himself, paints his black aura over. Now he's on the grid, as it were. Right. Sure. Like uh, magic wise. Yes. You know when they use their aura and it's it's a beacon. Maybe he's invisible. Yeah. Maybe he's invisible. It's possible. It's a, it's a good line of thought. But it's really it's just the it's that black armor, and like a, if no his he has olive green, then all this goes right out the window. He can just change the color of his armor. Yes, fine. But it's that sure the way the armor was introduced to us through Joan and Sophie is really just the, the auric armor. Yeah, the way and, that, that it works. And it, he never. It, I would just think that it would have said he was able to make his black. Sure. Only because it's it's, it's, it's it's said specifically, Shakespeare has yellow, Joan has yeah. silver, Sophie has silver. Yep. It's it's so specific for everybody. No coincidences. Exactly, and we certainly haven't heard the last of our dear knight. No. I don't think so. 
No, I doubt it. Or Shakespeare, for that matter. Not at all. No, speaking of of Shakespeare, a little tidbit from uh, uh, tying with with Michael at the uh, book signing I went to. Um, one of my questions for him was uh, was kind of a tongue in cheek, you know, joke question. I didn't expect a response out of. I asked him uh, who the necromancer is, and uh, you know, he kind of chuckled and said, "I'll tell you who it isn't." And I thought he was going to leave it at that, but then he turned and said. It isn't Shakespeare. Ha! Yes. So, I wasn't entirely yes. surprised by that, though. Regardless, it isn't Shakespeare. He obviously burst my bubble because that was my top pick there for uh, for the Necromancer. And uh, now that's out the window. The second running for for kind of me uh, was was Jermaine. Which is Sean's top running. Yeah, we were so, we were opposites I, on that. And I'm I not, called Jermaine not, back during the Jermaine podcast. You did, you did. Before Sorceress even came out. <laughs> to be to be against even just to have something that is not so we're not kinda all on the same mm-hmm. same line of thinking. Yep. Um I'm kinda shifting my focus to uh to Palamedes now. Okay. So He is he's one of my forerunners along with yeah. uh Billy the Kid, I think. Black Aura. Yeah, that's the line. because you know, and like I said uh, in the last podcast, you know that uh, I think the black aura has to do with with necromancy. Um, a necromancer or a necromanced person, you know, possibly with the black aura. So, and there was another thing about the black aura. I know we kind of are talking about the black aura a little too much for what this podcast is supposed to be covered on, but um, I asked Michael. How many people, or if there was only one owner of the Black Aura that we would see, and he said, "No, there are several owners of the Black Aura." So, you know, that we, brings up an interesting that, thing to go back a little bit here. A necromanced person. Let's elaborate on that a little bit because look at what do you, the synopsis, as it were, that we got of the necromancer. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to raise the mother of the gods from the dead. Now. Raising from the dead seems like a little more than just exactly necromancing. So what well, if what if Palamedes was killed by yes. Agamemnon during the Odyssey? Right, and he was. I, that's the line. That's the, that, that's the line I'm going to start following because, and that's that's the exact instance that that made me start thinking about uh, connecting the black aura to someone that had been necromanced because before we've seen you know d do necromancy in one form to hecate where he just spoke to her spirit mm-hmm. in another form where he resurrected the skeletons in ohi so we've seen that form of necromancy but this form that he's talking about isn't this kind of temporary when i lose concentration of this um raising from the mm-hmm. dead, I'm going to. It's going to the magic will be broken, and you know, you'll fall down into the dust again. This seems like more. Yeah, more this is that. raising from the dead. This is yes. So you and think Palamedes might actually be dead and have been raised from the dead? Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the line I'm going to start following on it. And um, and whoever yeah. maybe whoever brought him back to life is the maybe necromancer. whoever never brought him back to life is if the necromancer could be Arthur. Could be Jermaine. <laughs> and that's Jermaine. why he owes that's Jermaine. Why he owes, that's why he owes him. It's completely possible. How old? You know, but, but that's just it. That's also saying that Jermaine's very old. But it could have been <laughs> Arthur. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could have been. Could have been Arthur. Could Maybe Arthur. Well, no, Jermaine would not have to be that old because he could have raised him from the dead at any point. Not if Palamedes was around during Arthur's time. Depends on when he died. True. He died in the in the Odyssey, so, you know. So it depends on the timeline we look at it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, but that's um, not a bad. Uh, that's that's just the kind of uh, just yeah. just to have a little bit of a, a contrast. But you know, there's a couple little key points that are falling into place for me. Oh yeah, I could with that. So uh, that. it backs my black aura theory. Sure. So I'm gonna follow that for my my top pick now is uh, is Palamedes. Now you're picking him. See, okay. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. He's I'm that following. necromancer. No, he's the necromancer. Yeah, rather much. than the person who necromanced him. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of funny, but that's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have some contrast. But the main point of all of that conversation was Shakespeare is not the necromancer. <laughs> I actually had Shakespeare pegged as he's my front runner for the warlock. I agree. Yes. And that's when uh, someone posted on the forums. I forget who it was. It was a while ago. One of the definitions or that was I me. Guess, synonyms was um conjurer yes and he did a whole bunch of that he, he did yep um so yeah uh i could put him i i that was one of the things that kind of pushed him further away from my germane choice right and, and having him what, be a potential for the warlock his 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 relationship with the with the Gabriel Hounds was was he kind of I I, I kind of thought that it was like a Palamedes was more like controlling those guys. No, I it, I kind of saw it as Shakespeare giving the orders and he was the one that was talking okay. to the head. Kind of, I would, I Gabriel kind of saw it as Palamedes was like the general and Shakespeare right. was the captain. Okay, where it was kind of like Palamedes gave. The overall orders, right? But Shakespeare controlled it, the actual, even more like a the captain whole, and a lieutenant kind of thing. Even in the whole scheme of the whole junkyard scene, it feels like Palamedes is the one in charge in this yeah. in, the entire. Operation. The reason, the reason why I brought this up was because there is a line about how Shakespeare's aura is or scent is lemon because it re- repels werewolves. And Gabriel hounds are essentially werewolves, from what I understood. No, they're not. They're not of the Torque Madre clan. I don't. Believe. I thought they were. I don't think they were Torque Madre. They're hounds. They're not wolves. I didn't connect them to the Torque Madre. Well, I, I thought I thought they were similar, or maybe they were cousins of. But I I just found it interesting ever, that he was so linked them? to these that I thought they did, but I could be mistaken. I don't remember them ever saying that they're a Torque anything name for them. I could be wrong in that, but because I don't believe they're I don't believe that they're transformed. Like the the Torque Alta turned into boars. They had a they had a human form ish. Yeah, and they could turn into a physical boar. Right. Where the Gabriel Hounds. We're just kind of beasts. That's kind of – except for Gabriel. So you, I got so the you impression say he, that Gabriel – was the – he was the only one that, that turned into men, turned into a man? Or he was the only one that was – like he was both. Yeah. He was kind of like a missing link type of – Yeah, from the top of – off the top of my head, Here, I do uh, I found remember. a quote. It says, are you Torque Alta? Josh asked, remembering the creature's – that had guarded Hecate's shadow realm. They are kin to us, Gabriel said. We are Torque Madra. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. So they are werewolves. Yes. Okay. 
So I thought it was interesting that Shakespeare would choose something that repels them as his scent, but yet he seemed so closely linked to them. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. And he definitely had a connection with Gabriel because he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave him, yeah. He wouldn't leave the Gabriel hounds. Right. Um, It's almost like that fear and respect at the same time, you know? Like he fears them, but he respects them. Huh, weird. That's worth worth. Yeah, I kind of. I could. I, that's like I said. I mean, I, I saw it as like Palamedes was the general, Shakespeare was the captain, and Gabriel was like the lieutenant. Sure, um, exactly. That's the kind of chain so, of command that I, I kind of yeah. followed. Where well. Palamedes was definitely running the show. Well, Josh sort of ran the show through the knowledge of battle that he got from Mars, but Pal- well, that I mean, was definitely yeah, Palamedes' show. Sure. No. No. I mean. I mean. You know, the junkyard prior to obviously them arriving. You know, it was how the whole process or the how the whole chain of command went mm-hmm. in the junkyard. It was definitely Palamedes at the top of the heap there. Mm-hmm. And maybe Jermaine's even higher. <laughs> well, it's, it's possible. We want to talk about Shakespeare's relationship with D as as uh, as tainted as it is. Um, I think the book pretty co- covered it. Yeah. Fairly, uh, fairly well. I mean, D thought that Shakespeare's kids were the twins of legend and killed his son yeah, while trying, him trying, trying to awaken him. Uh, so, that would uh that would that would uh, upset just about anybody, I think. But so, it's interesting that even after all that he still isn't willing to back Flamel and his quest against Digi, basically. Well Shakespeare I mean, it, wants the elders to return. Yeah. He wants the paradise. Which is what D wants. But D wants it for different reasons. That is true. He wants power. D wants it for himself. Well, yeah. I mean, Shakespeare wants the paradise and the elders back, but I don't think he wants it back with the dark elders in command. Mm -hmm. Because even when it was a paradise, quote unquote, you know, the dark elders weren't. Controlling it, you know, Humani was there you know, on Danutalis, and if the Dark Elders, you know, were uh, granted, they were probably most of them were slaves, mm-hmm. but um, obviously Abraham didn't view them that way. He married one, and uh, obviously Gilgamesh was his right hand man. So yeah, I would think I, I don't think that Shakespeare wants a world where the Dark Elders are in control. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. No, I think yeah. you're probably right. The other thing with the whole Shakespeare D Flamel love triangle, I think a lot are. I should guess I shouldn't say. I think I should kind of post it as a question: Is how much of what Shakespeare did was just him repaying a quote unquote debt for betraying Flamel? How much um, was legitimately? I don't know because he seemed genuinely heartbroken and sorry for what he caused. But that's what I'm saying, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think he that, I don't I don't think he was just doing it just for that. I think he genuinely, you know, he, I mean, he genuinely obviously feels bad. I, I don't know that he was doing it to try to repay a debt that he owed them. I think that he, I don't think he feels like he can repay repay something of that magnitude because he was pretty tore up about it when he was explaining the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I was just doing a devil's advocate kind of sure. Line of questioning, it's there. Absolutely, but um, I think we've kind of uh, exhausted 
those two subjects, we could go on all night as far as connecting you know the dots between them and the uh, the other characters. But um, so it was a lot bigger than uh, at first, we first anticipated. I think. That, yeah, yeah, I didn't think we, we considering they're to. they're only in one book. We've got almost as much on them as we do on some other people. Exactly. Well, especially with Shakespeare. I mean, he's such a rich character, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with all the history that is available, you know, who doesn't know who William Shakespeare is? Yeah. You know, and oh, what fools these mortals be! That is probably <laughs> one of the largest, 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 <laughs> the largest historical name. You know. That's, oh, yeah. been, that's been brought into the series. I mean, you know, I agree. Who doesn't know from Shakespeare, really? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a rather large uh, step there for for Michael to take. I'm glad he did. It's an excellent character. I really like that's... really like the character. So, um, but yeah, we are obviously not obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to suspend the uh, the the random quote contest. You know, we kind of. Kind of brought it back a little bit, you know, with you guys. Gonna we're gonna offer up a bookmark, but we really still didn't get that kind of response that we were looking for. So we're going to try to work on something uh, through for January because obviously this month we're kind of running along here with this episode as it is. Sean did you guys the special Shakespeare reading, so uh, we'll kind of replace random quote with that. Plus for, with, for this month, with and, next uh, month being the Q and A. Next month, we want to talk about that as well in just a minute. But uh, next month being the Q and A with Michael, uh, we're not going to have an opportunity. Hopefully, you know, we'll have a lot of discussion going on. We won't have an opportunity to have a time slot in there for that. So we're going to try to come up with something new for for you guys for January to fill that slot. And um, we've got a couple things on the table that. Are, uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy, and uh, if they pan out, then um, it's going to be a fun time. So, any suggestions? Send us another email. Yeah, if you guys have an idea, something, some kind of game, or you know, something, anything you'd like to hear. And if you guys want to hear Sean read Shakespeare, I don't think I'm going to vote for that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, even if there's a topic you want us to talk about too, you know, feel sure. free to send it. Absolutely. So. But, yeah, that also kind of segues into our next little uh, issue we need to talk about with uh, the Q&A with Michael for for next month's uh, podcast. You know, guys, tell me as many times as you've heard of of an author of this, you know, quote-unquote size. Magnitude. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to use magnitude. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, there's New York Times bestseller, you know. Name, name as many as you can that have this kind of connection with their friend, with their friends, with their fans. <laughs> Good lord! I see how it is, Jeff. <laughs> with you know the the number of authors that are have this kind of connection to their fans and actively communicate with them, you know, via via the the, the Flamel's Immortal Portal forum, um, via Twitter, and obviously via this podcast. You know, we've 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 heard him on here a couple times and um he's gonna come on and specifically answer your your questions live on the show here. I'm gonna say live because it's live for us, but <laughs> um it'll be edited a little bit for you guys for time constraints and all, but uh, we'll try not to take too much of it out. Uh, you know, so you guys can get as much uh, information as we get out of it. Maybe we'll, uh, we can put together a little uh, outtake sideshow, Jamie. Sure. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity for you to obviously you know through the forum you can do the same thing, but I mean you know we're going to be specifically straight up asking your questions to Michael, and you'll get to hear his rationale behind it. There, there's three different ways that uh, that you can get your questions in. You can call up the podcast here through our um, Skype line, which is Jamie. Awakenings podcast, one word. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, the name you you can Skype. You can also um, use the there's a link on the podcast page on the forum. Link as on well the, on the forum. You can if you have Skype, you have to have Skype loaded on your computer for that link to work. It's a free download. It is, and it's a great program, by the way. So, you know, you can you can submit your question by audio, and we'll play we'll play your audio question to Michael, and he can answer it. There is a post on the forum that's you know ask Michael post. You can find it in the podcast pages, I believe. It's in the podcast pages uh, section of the forum. There's a post there. You can leave your question, and we're going to take those directly from that uh, from that forum and uh, and ask them to Michael. Or you can email your questions in to a, a special email account we've set up for this. It's um, askmichael at flamels-immortal-portal.com. And uh, you know, get get your questions in. And uh, there's going to be a fourth way. I'm going to open up the QOM. Okay. For another sure. way to submit it, if you That's just have a question, you don't need to use a full email or anything. You can absolutely do it through the QOM. Absolutely, section. that works. That works well. So uh, there's a fourth way you can uh, you can get in. So there's no excuse. You know, if you've got a question. Get it in. There's all the outlets you can use to get it in. So um, even no if you such wanted, thing as a stupid question. Exactly. Even if you wanted to tweet it to uh, to the Flamel's portal, sure. Twitter will uh, will take it there as well. Flamel's portal. So, um, yeah, Flamel's portal uh, on Twitter. So um, you know, next month's uh, episode is going to be one uh, one not to miss. It really is. Okay. And, uh, you know, we got 28 votes on Podcast Alley uh, for November. Or was it for Thanks, October? guys. October. For October. October. Okay. So in November, you know, if you guys can exceed that and hit us with 30 votes, we may try to sneak something in there on Michael and see if he can he can give us a little special something for you guys. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll be promoting that through the month, um, and, you know, if he's kind enough to uh, to play along with us. Um, so, you know, 30 votes on Podcast Alley. You know, that, so that, that 28 vote. votes, uh, that got us up to top 60 in the genre. Yeah, so which is excellent. It's it awesome. doesn't take much to, to jump up there. No, it doesn't. So, um, yeah, thanks for your votes. Um, keep voting. We uh, we appreciate all those. We like to kind of, I mean, you know, it's kind of a you know pat me pat us on the back kind of thing. But you know, we we like to get up there. We know you guys listen. It doesn't take long to vote. Just jump on there and vote. All you gotta do is enter an email address and then confirm in your email. It takes five seconds. Okay, a little bit longer than five seconds, but whatever. <laughs> Depends how fast your email is. Exactly. <laughs> so, but um, don't miss that episode next month. It's going to be a great one. But that's all the time we have for this episode. Until the next Legate opens, this is Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris is in Hawaii, signing off.
warning, this podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter, resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. What were you thinking trying to take a vacation? Are you crazy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially two weeks. Come on. Are you kidding me? And in uh, Hawaii, that's what you deserve. What are you talking about? <laughs> Chris is in Hawaii. totally going in the Chris, bloopers. <laughs> Chris is in Hawaii. <laughs> did you like that, by the way? <laughs> or did you even hear it? No, I listened and, and I cracked up laughing, so... <laughs> And I just have the same. And then I was in Hawaii. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, and that's definitely going in the bloopers too. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was awesome. I think I was next. Uh, time, you know, time wise to meet him. Uh, I had to go to Pittsburgh um, to stop here. Did you just say there. Pittsburgh? <laughs> Pitts- Pittsburgh. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, um, there was a Joseph Beth uh, bookstore there, and he was signing. Hold on a second. I do. <laughs> I assumed it was one of your dogs. It wasn't me. It was Jeff's. It was Jeff's pet. Does Jeff have a pet? Kira. Kids don't count. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna hate us. <laughs> oh, that. That's probably my pet. Is that, is that my intro music? Yes. Doing a very dramatic thing, actually. Jeff's back. Did I <laughs> miss something? No, of course not. <clears throat> okay, not- I'll start. Sorry about that. There was a four-year-old knocking on my door. Sorry about that. <laughs> my cats are fighting. Someone answer the phone. Dogs, cats, phones. I can't even. I can't even answer the phone in here because it's not even in here. It's just the cradle. <laughs> Lovely. Unplug it. I'm going to. Well, I can't because it's actually. Oh dear lord. I think he died. <laughs> it is. Act something. Hang on. I I lost my place here. Something it is, act. Yeah. yeah, it's in the play. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a monologue written by Julius Caesar. Written... <laughs> Don't put that in. <laughs> Speaking of Shakespeare. <laughs> we have emails. Wait, are we doing emails? Are we doing emails first? Yeah, let's do some emails. Yeah, I was just I was just trying to get us moving. <laughs> Pronunciate. Pronunciate. We clearly have plenty to say without four people here. <laughs> yeah, I know. His response was, uh, he was gifted by an elder of balance, and Palamedi promised to never side in a fight unless he was dictated. Dedicated. <laughs> dictated. I, I can't read. Um, unless he was de- dedicated. Blah, 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 blah. Let me reread the response. What about Mennonites? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this new Skype update's awesome. <laughs> Men or knights. <laughs> and Jeff's just going to podcast from the Skype window from now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes. Now I can, yeah. Ah, there we go. 
All right, sorry. Uh, so, um, men are nights, women are days. <laughs> Still doesn't make any sense. You make complete sense. Are you kidding me? Why are women days? If men are nights. Opposites attract. Women are days. The opposite. Hello. Ding, ding. Anyway. I'm back, so restart your conversation. <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> Me too. Does anyone feel like a Verizon wireless commercial right now? Uh, is that is that any better? Oh, the woods. For now, yeah. I've completely lost my train of thought because I was reading something. <laughs> podcasting hat. Cut, cut that out. Yeah, let me put my right. let me put my co- podcasting hat back on. I can't remember exactly which story it was. I'm looking it up right now, so you guys can. Um. So I can have more to edit. Yay! Chris is in Hawaii. Chris has gone off to Hawaii. She's gone off the reservation. 